Thanks for tapping in with The Tripod. This is a weekly podcast hosted by three ladies, better known as The Tripod. This is Melissa, and I'm joined by Angela and Destiny. We're three best friends with unique backgrounds, perspectives, and personalities. Each week, we're going to be speaking candidly about our personal experiences and giving our opinions on various topics. We invite you to tune in each week for conversations based on relationships and real-life situations. Come down, Selector. That's right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Tap In with the Tripod. Thank y'all for joining us this week. Uh, we're back here. Uh, my name is Angela. Beside me, my two girls, Mel Mel. Whoop, whoop. What up, Destiny? Destiny? Here. And we have a guest today, one of the gurus of the uh, podcast world. We got Uncle Joe in the house with us today. Joe. You better put an extra on that uh, special. Oh, okay, extra special, Joe. I'm sorry That's if the introduction me. was up to uh, up to standard, but we got Joe in the house, y'all. Joe in the house. We Introduce Joe. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, y'all can't see me, but uh, I hope y'all know I got these shades on. I'm a, I'm a big time superstar. I'm about to bring this podcast to another level. Oh, you know, another I'm a big time guest. Okay. Is it- it's another stratosphere. We're just going up from here. Ladies, I know you. I tell you that every man we have on our show is pretty handsome because we have a pretty good track record. But <laughs> Joe here is chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something cocky, but I'm not going to say it. No, <laughs> talk your like... shit, Joe. That's what we need to hear. Talk your shit. Yeah. This is a rated R cast. <laughs> Listen. How are you lovely ladies doing today? Thank you for having me. We're, we're doing great. We're doing great. We're doing awesome. We're excited about this episode. We're glad to have you with us. Um, we just want to tap in here and get to know you, um, get into some personal stuff. If you want to share that, um, some funny stuff, tell us about what's going on, what's coming up. And um, I think we're going to get started with uh, a song that kind of uh, resonate with us when we think of an uncle because you know our nickname for you is uncle joe um <laughs> put you in the older stance but that's all you um but we want to get in there and uh drop a song that makes us think about an uncle when um mm-hmm. we think about uncles what they would listen to let's start with you mel all right um i went with charlie wilson charlie wilson <laughs> and I went with there goes my baby when I when I think of this song I just think about you know a fly uncle driving around in his car with the windows down with the the tunes turned yeah. up singing yeah. at the top of his lungs about his little sweet thing that he's gonna bring to the cookout <laughs> so that that's my selection Uncle Joe okay. but you feel that vibe look that, here's the thing if, if he's anything like my uncles he's not bringing nothing there he gonna he ain't bringing sand to the beach. Oh, okay. He trying to beat something right. like this. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's I like real it. good. What you got, D-Rob? My name is Pokey. Oh. Pokey Bear. <laughs> yeah. 
I picture it make it sound like that while the song's playing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a song called My Name is Pokey, man. It reminds me of my people. They really like that song. You know, they get turned up. I never had heard it. It's a newer song, actually. It came out in like 2016. But uh, they get turned up to that Pokey Bear. Pokey. I don't even think I even heard of that song yet. I, my I, name I, is Pokey. <laughs> It's okay, bad. It's pretty <laughs> awful. It's pretty awful. <laughs> it's pretty awful. I played it actually with my children in the car, and I wish you could have seen their expressions. They were looking like, what are you playing, mom? <laughs> what is this mess? <laughs> we're going to save you for last, Joe. We're going to save you for last. Angie, what you got? Well, y'all know I'm always going back to the crates. I went with um, Isley Brothers, Between the Sheets. Mm. between the sheets i said i'm i'm leaving the function when they start playing that that's when your uncles and them start getting real nasty oh. sticking their tongue out at their woman and stuff it ain't never cute either oh you grown up a little bit destiny yeah. <laughs> you're a little bit thicker around the thighs now yeah. i know you like them oh. girls right you got any friends yeah, go Uncle Max some extra macaroni on Thank, the plate. Thankfully, I don't have any creepy uncles like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. You the, you the celebrity guest. Extra Pull it out. You, you better come strong with your song. Let me tell you something. Can I just say something real quick? Just by this interview and listening to these songs, I've come to the conclusion my grandfather Johnny Boy would have flirted with all three of y'all. He was the epitome of that uncle. My grandfather, he would have flirted. Come here, girl, with that silky head. Let me talk to you. <laughs> I like I like flirting back with them just a little, you know, stroke that ego a little bit. That's it. That's it. My grandfather was flirting all the way to his last breath in the nurse in the, in the, in the, in the home. Wow. The nurses take care of him. He was trying to grab booty, everything. Yeah. Oh Lord! <laughs> the, the apple don't fall far from the tree, do it, Joe? Hey, I can't take them charges. Look, the <laughs> days are over. You can't just be grabbing nurses' booties anymore. The glory days are over. Right? Yeah. <laughs> them days are definitely over. You gonna, uh, you gonna get me? You gonna you gonna be eighty five getting me too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that action. Look, uh, what song? Cause I, you know what, I, I, I had picked another song, but I'm, I'm gonna put Clarence Carter "Stroking." Mm. Stroking. Give us a bar. Give us a bar. <laughs> he said, "When I be in love, you know what I be doing? I be stroking. <laughs> That's what it is. I be stroking to the east. I be yeah. stroking to the west. I be stroking to the one that I love best. Hey." <laughs> There was too many good songs to choose from for this category. It, it was right. kind of difficult. Well, I like that song because it's instructional. It, it lets yeah. you know. Uh, it, it, I'm stroking to the east. I'm stroking to the west. And I'm going to be stroking <laughs> to the one I love best. Okay. Yeah. All right. got to get in there. Yeah. The one, the one you love best. All right. So I know Destiny already let us know that you're a single eligible bachelor out here in these streets. And I just have a sidebar. I didn't say that. I just said he's a beautiful chocolate man. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I, you know, typically when she talks about the men on here, she does lead in with their single and available. And then I always feel like the listeners are like, well, Melissa's single and available. And if they keep on having all these attractive single available men, why did Melissa make connections? Okay. And so, and the reason being is because everybody ain't for you, right? You can still yeah. be a, an amazing single eligible bachelor, Joe. And so I want to just lead in by you giving these women listeners some advice as to what would make for a good candidate, a good selection. How can they narrow in their choice to make sure that they're making a choice that's good for them? Ooh. Wow. That's a low yeah, we coming strong. You ready? See, look, it, straight from the weight room. Put your seatbelt uh, on. Yeah, look. <laughs> No, I just, man, like I tell all my homegirls, man, make these guys your friends first, right? So you can really break down and see who they are. Most of these girls get into these experiences with these men. And then, like, six months down the line, you just met a whole complete new stranger. Like, become Mm -hmm. their friends, man. Stop trying to be, you know, uh, catching vibes and catching a meal. Like, get get these dudes to talk. And if these dudes don't talk, then they're not for you. Mm. Ooh. Catch a vibe. I like it. Yeah, we were always, let's catch a catch a flight, catch a vibe, man. Uh, look, <laughs> uh, these little broke Negroes, they will take you on a flight and as soon as you get back, we'll cheat on you. They do not, like, get to know these dudes, man. Know who you're dealing with before you just start. Joe, I, I feel like that's 20-year-old advice. I feel like uh, these women, uh, the older women, they're going to friend zone you and you're going to be friend zone for life. Ooh. No, nah, they got plenty of those guys. These are, <laughs> they got plenty. All of those guys are in their 20s. So they got a gang of friends, but yeah. Huh. Well, it, it sounds is. like Joe's saying the friend zone is not a bad place to be. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that, but I, I think I think once you get in the 30 up and 30 and up crowd, once they friend zone you, that's where you live. Oh. Yeah, but if it's meant to be, it's gonna be. And so if it's nah. off of a friendship, it could transition, pivot. A lot, a lot of women are scared of nice men. Oh, I don't know. You know, them. when you when you think about the 35 and 40, though, like most of these women, they've already had the bad boys. You know, they just got out of that long relationship with the bad boy, even bad girl or whoever. So, you know, they, they, they're looking for somebody to pick their spirits up, make them believe in love again and romance and stuff. But you got to get out of that romance and all of that stuff and start dealing with people. That's how you got into the first trap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying after 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 six months, you know, a great friendship and building that bond, pull your dick out and put it on her forehead. Let her know. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> on her forehead. On her forehead. Because <laughs> women are, women are, y'all don't, y'all giving women too much credit. Not her, not her forehead, but her forehead. You just said you don't want to get me too, and now you're saying put your dick on her forehead. I mean, after you built a bond, you got to be in a position to put a dick on her forehead. Go with the, you know, go with it a little bit. But I'm just saying, women, women are naive, and sometimes they don't realize the good thing that's in front of them. And you can only put it on her, your forehead if you got enough to put it on her forehead. Oh, too. Wow, women are gonna play coy. That that's it, a lady. A lady isn't going to act like she don't want you to put your dick on her forehead, but she probably wants you to put your dick on her forehead. Right. Get in there, Joe. Get in there, Joe. But she needs you. She needs to know you ain't no pussy, dog. Put your dick Definitely. on her forehead. Don't be telling my secrets out. Everybody always want to know. 
why I don't have no kids at 43. Because ain't nobody ever got pregnant by getting some dick on their forehead. <laughs> ain't nobody ever got pregnant. <laughs> oh, Laying on their forehead, nobody ever got pregnant. There you go. Oh, so I, I, I kind of want to piggyback on the friend zone thing. Um, we we old, we passed 30, we, we done with the games. Um at this point, I'm not really looking for no friend. Look, I'm looking to lock it down, um, get in a relationship and get into something serious, like you said. But you, you, you're saying we still should go to the friendship route at this age. Um, time's ticking, bro. Uh, we need to know what we know and, and just go for it. But who, who said time is ticking? Well, you know. That's something that's, we all I, just think I, about. Like we all, we, you know what I mean? How many times have we rushed into something that we shouldn't have got into? Oh Lord, I don't like. I that. mean, for instance, if you start a business, you're not gonna you're not gonna analyze the business plan. You're not gonna do your research of the business that you're gonna get into. You're just gonna throw your money into something. Like, how many times we gonna fall into the the, the case of buying limits? This, like, this is a research, great debate, right? but you're talking to a woman who was engaged after uh, throwing it back for two days. No, hey, hey, <laughs> and look, she, and mean, she's every, still married. Happily. Hey, every every, every uh, circumstance is different. If, I, hey, if your stuff is lined with velvet, I mean, what can you say? <laughs> but Ange, everybody is it velvet, Angela? Velvet. Is, that the, is that the trick? It's velvet? Hey, look. <laughs> No, what I, thought, I thought it was sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Got that velvet interior. <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted to bring a side, uh, you know, another perspective mm -hmm. to it because some people, um, you know, they they played the games, they did years of friendship, and now they're ready to lock it down. And if this other person is, you know, you're saying friendship, we we're not looking for friendship at this point. You know, women over forty. And I'm gonna jump ten years. They looking for a husband. They not looking for friendship. I, I kind of think it's you know agree with Destiny on that. Like yo, we're not trying to be no friend. I'm trying to lock it down. I, I think it, I do think it's okay to have a friendship period. Yeah. I think the most important part of this conversation though is know what you like, what you don't like. Know mm -hmm. what you're into, what you're not into. And know yeah. what you're willing to to sacrifice because that's when you start ending up in those situations where, damn, I've been down this road before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I, I kind of like Joe's advice. You know, I'm 41, and I want to be a wife, and so you got to have a husband for me. And and I just think that I have definitely been in that situation where people come with the best version of themselves, or and then that's not who they are. I also have been more likely to fall victim to this route instead is that I know from the beginning that there's something about them that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. And I still stuck around in it to only find out in the end, it wasn't right for me. And I knew it up front. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think a friendship is a, good, is a good balance because at the end of the day, you could have the best sexual chemistry but you know, when you're old and gray, that stuff is going to become less important. And do you like who you're with? Right. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Give it six months, then put your dick on her forehead. Don't put your dick on her forehead day one. Yeah. Six, she said six months it, earlier. Did she said two months. I said six months. Mm, 
He said yeah. six months. But yeah, I mean, it, it, all of it's right. And it all encompasses, you know, like, Ange, I think your thing is an exception to the rule, but that's two people who decided to do the work. Because regardless, right. even if y'all, y'all, you know, y'all met so soon and y'all got together, your, your relationship, no matter what anybody going to say, had to work because y'all are still identifying and finding about each other. The only yeah. problem with a lot of people that jump in early relationships is that you find and about each other and then you realize that that's not somebody I like, I deal with, or have the same morals and principles. I'm just saying, yes. man, look, before you buy the, before you buy the whip, you know, <laughs> test drive it, check the, check the Carfax. It may have some bumpy rides on there already. Yeah. You, you don't know what's under the hood until you look under it. The packaging it. might look really appealing. Yeah. You might yeah. end up on the side of the road broke down though. Well, I, I think in Angela's case, discernment is a beautiful gift that everyone doesn't have. Mm. But uh, if you can see through a person from the beginning and see to their core and say, overall, I think I like this. I can work with this core. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful gift. Yeah. And I think they were also in agreement with what they wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have women, I'm out here looking for a relationship and you have a man who's looking for a good time. But I'm on packages. I'm looking for a relationship. But what I really want is that good time. I'm going to pause um, you there, though, because a lot of these men ain't out here telling lies like women act like they are. A lot of these, men, a lot of these men is telling truth and women don't want to hear it. Flip, flip the role. It could be women looking for a good time and men looking for a relationship. I'm not, I'm not targeting men. But I agree to that because I've met some great men that let it know what it was up front. And so that's when you have to make the choice. Do you want to be involved with it or not? Yeah. They, they give you the opportunity. Some some do, unfortunately, some don't. Yeah. I, I think it speaks a lot to Angie's, you know, significant other. Because men, men don't know in the beginning, but after a while we know. We know if a woman's for us, we or don't know whether, you know what I mean? Like I I any woman that I've ever dated, I knew if they were for me or not for me. Maybe How not in the beginning. How long did it take you to understand it, that? It changes. Mm. It changes. Because look, man, women, women's loyalty from what I've, I've experienced, this is just what I've experienced, ladies and gentlemen, but from what I experienced, it's different than men. Men are more loyal to their homeboys than their mates. And that's why I always tell women, man, be these dudes friends. Because, you know, it, no man ever want to be betrayed by his homeboy, his homegirl, or whoever, you know what I mean, that they got that bond. And then that that reverses. There'd be people dying over their friends, right? But dudes will be in a full relationship, don't know their woman, don't. And then when it comes to cheating, they don't, that ain't their friend. So it's just like, oh, that's my girl. She'll be back. Mm -hmm. that's wow. That, that's not, that sounds like uh, one of them B2 movies where you, you thought that was your girl, but she was kissing girls in the closet. <laughs> oh, Lord. all right well, Joe, i'm gonna give you a hypothetical situation okay you got a woman successful making her own money funding all her dreams she's paying all her bills independently is Ooh. she expected to share her earnings when she begins dating and courting a man who has less money less opportunities and he doesn't have the motivation and ambition because he's settled in his ways. Ooh. That's a woman question. Men don't worry about that. Men will date a doctor and he'll date a, 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 a somebody who clean houses. <laughs> Men Why? be looking for it. 
men think about if you're fine and if you're cool, you know? Yeah. It, it'd be the opposite. The opposite question is, should a man, because a man ain't going to be like, oh, she needs to share with me, unless you like Mary J. Blige's husband. Mm. Mm-hmm. Men don't be thinking about whatever, how successful, men don't care about that. Men don't care. It'd be like, I got three PhD. Man, I don't care. What that well, thing do? Is, yeah. is, it a, is it men or is it a successful man doesn't care? Ooh, because I because I feel like a successful man or a man who's grounded in himself is going to take care of business anyway. So it don't matter what the woman brings to the table. Yeah, I, I think you, you have a point there, but like most men don't care. Most the most men's initial thing is just trying to get her. Am I in the league to get her? As soon as he get her, you know what I mean? Of course, you get some jealous men, but even the jealous men be the ones that cheat. Them are the ones that mostly cheat most of the time, and that's because they doing dirt. Mm. Projection. Yeah. Men, men mm-hmm. don't think about like how successful. They're just thinking about like, okay, can I get her? If I can get her, then I'm not okay, worried about her. Let's, let's not talk about the success side of things, but is she expected to share her earnings with her man? No. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it was the word expected. Well, yeah, to, no. to, to me, when you choose a life partner, you share in all things. So that's yeah. why that's why you should be cautious on who you share your life with. Ooh, yeah. I also nice. feel like a, a man, the word man, let's use man, because there's a difference between boy and man. And we'll go into that in a little bit more with you later. Um, I don't think a man is going to let himself be in that situation. Yeah, look, what? every woman that I've dated in the past, I'll say like 10, 15 years have been more successful than me. Mm-hmm. they've made way more money than me you know what I mean yeah. very very successful women but I was usually the one paying for dinners and stuff like that right because right. I'm gonna hold down my part regardless of what the finances yeah. look like yeah. yeah okay yeah that's what I'm saying that's a women question men don't worry about thinking about it like that more than anything you know most men will well, act like they got to step up or feel inconvenient if they have a woman that 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 has those financial like success like that, you know. Yeah. Well, not Joe, about Joe, have you ever did. heard of a uh, BDE? Who? B D E. No, I never heard. I was like BDP. Oh, that's a low rap group. You know, you're get you're giving big dick energy. You're giving big dick energy right now, Joe. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just simply, I'm comfortable in who I am and everything else will work out. Yeah. <laughs> That's big dick energy, right? Yeah. But I, yeah. We, <laughs> wow. <laughs> look. <laughs> you look, wouldn't expect destiny. <laughs> but yeah, most, most men, their insecurity doesn't come with what their woman sharing with them. It's just like, can I meet that expectation too? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it came from this relationship um, coach, and, and he's he's also a pastor. His name is David Burroughs. And it was, mm. I think it was proposed to, to women, but there was a woman who responded on it, and she said, there is nothing on this planet I wouldn't share with the right man after he marries me. And his response to her was, wow, exclamation point. What do you think that wow means based on that response? Mm. I, I think she got the wrong stipulation. Mm-hmm. Like, 
she tied that she would do all these things when he marries her, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a stipulation on your relationship. Like, man, when you're building a relationship, you should be going into it like this is already, we're working towards a partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not like the partnership starts when you solidify by marrying, because what does marriage mean, especially in this day and age? Like, it's always been that way, man. There's always been people been cheating on each other since the, the beginning of time. Like, what's marriage? Mm-hmm. You find somebody that you feel like you would want to share your life with and then share your life with them, whatever that is. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Me too. Y'all making me sound real smart right now. I like this. So let's keep it going. <laughs> no, we were we was told to recruit all the women for you. So we're trying our very best. You know, Joe, Joe, you're giving a lot of talk about marriage. Uh, is that in the cards for you in the future? Hey, I don't never rule nothing now. I don't know that anything that can bring me happiness, I ain't ruling it out. More money, yes. Amen. Marriage, yes. Women, yes. Women's, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I can't deal with a bunch of women. <laughs> I couldn't deal with, you know, when you be hearing all these guys talk about me, I be pipping all these, I was like, I, I can't, I can't have an unlimited line of hoes. I just lose them all. <laughs> unlimited. Yeah. It, it's, it's like you try to catch all the balls, eventually you're going to drop them. They're yeah. going to hit you in your face with all yeah. the balls. Who wants balls all on their face? <laughs> oh, I mean, y'all just said balls on the forehead or? No, not no, the balls. That... You didn't say <laughs> The shaft. Big oh. shaft. Sorry, sorry. The big stick. If you if you drop if you dropping balls on the forehead, don't put your dick on her forehead. If, if the balls is coming oh. with you, you got to have enough meat to make it. Wow. <laughs> coming up short. We're coming up short. I'm I'm talking about the D a lot today. I don't know why it's happening this way. Uh, it's making me, it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, but don't come up short and do that. You know, New York they call it the glizzy. <laughs> call it the glizzy you, anybody eat the hot dog like oh you like glizzies you got glizzy yeah, yeah. Drop, oh. drop the glizzy on her forehead <laughs> the damn glizzies oh man that's hilarious man uh Mel, we ready to jump into define or decline right now yeah well um yes we can well um so on your podcast and i know we've had this conversation joe so he would always use this phrase, Hiker Hall. And I thought Hiker Hall was a location. When then I came to find that I was highly wrong, very, very wrong. So I want you to define Hiker Hall for me, for the people, not for me, for everybody. Yeah. It's one of my, my multiple aliases, Hiker Hall. Like I like to be out, get out and make, you know, brothers, you, <laughs> City brothers don't know, or hood dudes don't know, like all the other stuff to do. And so like, I was like a Boy Scouts at one time and I hiked and I, I didn't remember how I liked it because Boy Scouts to me, I just learned how to smoke weed. But, uh, what? you know. Wait Boy Scouts is, what? What kind of Boy Scout is this? Boy Scouts in the hood? No, we, we learned how to start fires. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, nah, I like, uh, you know, I live in Austin and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I need to venture to check out the city more, not be, be so indoors. So I started going hiking and now I can't stop. Okay. Let's, let's, back, let's backtrack a little bit. Where, I know we missed that step, but tell the people where you were born and raised and where you lived. 
I was uh, born in Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah. And I was in Maryland to like nine. And then okay. my family from Texas, my father got stationed in Texas and I lived in Killeen. And, you know, Killeen is home. And then from Killeen, I lived in Arlington. I lived in Houston. I lived in Waco. I lived in Belton. I've lived in Austin, Round Rock, and I lived in Northern California, San Leandro, outside of Oakland. Wow. Military brat is what they call it. No, not really. I only lived two military spots. All the rest of the spots was because, you know, I just wanted to be outside. Oh, mm. okay. I feel that. <laughs> you got the next defining declining? Yeah, um, uh, let's go away. Let's define a decline situationships. Oh, somebody been listening to the podcast. Situationship, <laughs> huh? I mean, situationships are <laughs> is this a situation relationship? Sometimes, you know, you meet somebody and uh, they just want to spend some time with you. You already see that it's not going to be, you know, no long term thing and y'all do things with or as a uh, my sis Destiny would say, sometimes you meet somebody and they just want to look big on their forehead for a little bit, you know, until their next man come around to their husband. So, you know, you put some big on their forehead, you put the glizzy. Wow. <laughs> Give <them> the glizzy. <laughs> wow. Dre, define Dre. Dre, uh, that's my brother. That's uh, a father. Uh, friend, podcaster, mm -hmm. uh, great person, uh, self-motivated. Mm. How about you define cup of Joe with Dre? Mm. Maturity, growth, um, respect, uh, vulnerability, mm -hmm. honesty. Okay. That's good. I'm killing this shit. I'm killing. <laughs> I'm gonna throw in a question into the define the decline. Um, give us a um a lesson, a life lesson that you would tell somebody to transition from being a boy to a man to a god fearing man. I, th I thought you were talking about transition from a, a boy to a girl. I was like, well, I, no, I, I no, don't no. know about that, but. <laughs> no, no, no. From being a boy to a man to a God-fearing man. Mm. Tell us about uh, that transition. Man, that transition um, has a lot to do with holding on. I mean, mm. that, and that, that's something we can all talk to, right? The men, women, yep. whatever. Um, that transition is holding on. Man, we go through life, man, there's so much insecurity. And so much stuff that, you know, is waiting around the corner for you, good and bad, and none of us are ready for it. Mm. And it, it's just like holding on. It's just like just walking in your in your steps and through that whole process, just learning who you are. Like, okay. I would never think that I would be this man that I am today. I, I wasn't even supposed to be at this time. I used to mm. have this dream. I was like 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And I used to always have this reoccurring dream that I was going to rob a bank and mm. I was going to, I was going to die at like 21, 22. And, uh, 
And so a lot of my life, I was kind of focusing on like, how's that going to happen? Yeah. You know, what's that going to be? Because I just kept having this reoccurring dream. And mm. I started hanging around people where that, you know, that thing could have maybe go that route. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, my destiny is about to be fulfilled, you know, um, that this is probably going to happen in my life, that I'm going to end up robbing a bank. And I was always alone. So I always, you know, thought about, okay, I'm going to do this alone and this is what's going to happen. And then the crazy thing about it was at 21 and 22, I had like this moment in my life that all of these things started happening. Like I mm-hmm. lost a child. Um, 19 people that I was really close with had died. Mm. And then, mm. and then at 22, that's when I found God. Okay. And so that, that, that vision had came to fruition. I died to who I was and I started becoming a different and a better man and looking at myself in a whole light. I didn't have a self-esteem. I didn't, you know, I didn't care much about, like I cared about people, but I didn't care about my life you know, so much. Um, I was very angry um, and upset at the world. And so, yeah. But, you know, through that whole process, I had to hold on. I had to hold on because I didn't know. Yeah. And it's getting deep on me. There you go. Yeah, I find that uh, that's very common in the the Black man, um, that same hold on um, mentality. Because I mean, they're faced with so much, you know, and we just want to give you props for that, uh, for sharing that bit of the story with us. Thank you so much, Joe. I don't, um, I don't like a lot of people out the gate, and I immediately liked you, like on some like I gotta hold on to this dude energy, like <laughs> he gonna be around, he gonna be around, um. Why do, why do you feel like you were alone? Were you a different person then or were you alone by choice? We're trying to make this a deep episode, ain't we? Jeez, I'm just kidding. That's good. Don't, don't deflect. We get into it, man. I'm, hey, no, man. I'm, I'm open to show all my side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think for people to really experience you, they got to get to know all of you. So, mm-hmm. um, man, I have so much going on. So much going on. So many things that, that happened. Um, you know, things that was happening at home, some of the mm. things that I pushed, I pushed back, you know, uh, being molested. There was just so many things that I had going on in my life, mm-hmm. um, you know, and finding betrayal when you're meeting friends and just so many situations that just find you alone and you go through so much as we all do, right? Right. Some of my stuff may seem more severe, but we all go through our issues of finding who we are, finding mm-hmm. that's a lonely process a lot of times. Yeah. So, and there was people that loved me. My father loved me. My brothers and sisters loved me. My, my mother loved me, but I didn't love me. So it didn't matter how much somebody told me I was loved. It didn't matter how much, you know, dudes from my neighborhood had my back. I didn't mm-hmm. love me. I didn't have my back. So right. that was the challenge, finding the love me. Yeah. This is good. Oh, well, I wanna, um, I'm gonna bring us back to, to, to define a decline. Um, oh, I have two that I wanna ask. They definitely took the shades off and get serious, man. Take my shades off and get serious. <laughs> yeah. 
When we're in the presence of a celebrity, you you keep the shades on, friend. Put them back. Damn well, right. my, mine you are prescribed, so my eyes started hurting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like you to find the word dominologist. Ooh. Oh. Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If there's some people that can fry chicken really good, but the oh. dominoes and them spades, mm. I'm that oh. nigga. I'm that nigga. Y'all want me to talk my stuff? I'm that nigga. But listen, oh. I didn't let you have a few, but you know what the deal is. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Joe, when you when you say you let Melissa have a few, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I let her. We 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 play dominoes online. She won a few games, but she know who daddy is. She knows who the deep down, dirty south, swaggeristic champion of dominoes and space coming through, running the shit like he's supposed to do, nigga is, and that's me. Oh, oh that that's what I like. I, just for the record, people, I just want y'all to know, I just recently started learning to play dominoes, and um, I'm, I pulled up our st our stats just to give the people a better understanding. Oh wow. Um, Yes. So as of right now, he is up 45 to 22 on me. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel like 22 is not bad for being so It don't matter what you feel. It's, it's less when than 50%. With the chocolate, when you're dealing with the chocolate Ric Flair, understand it don't matter what you feel. The stats say itself. I don't care what you're doing. That's I mean, even, even with those stats, though, that's less than 50%. In school, that would be a failing feeling. I, who's who's your loyalty with, friend? I know you just shared with Joe how much you love him and whatnot, but don't forget where your loyalty lies. Look at You're your right. shirt right now. You're right, Joe. Joe? Joe? No, you're right. Joe ain't shit. Hey, can, we, can I say something? You know, for this episode, we don't need to know about your insecurities, Mel. Mel, it's about me. Dang on it. Just dang on it. Hey, don't it. Listen, you know what he said? I'm a friend to, to everybody. Let me let, let can you let people love on me? You know what he said? So we did play we played Spades recently, and he actually partnered with, with Angie. Mm. And um, me and Cam oh. played against him. And this is how humble this man is. After he and Angie won two games, he said that he was going to go buy a van and travel around the country handing out <laughs> ass whoopings. In spades and dominoes. That that's what he's gonna be doing. He taking the show on the road. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna bring it to Tammy real quick. You know, Tammy actually sat in on on an episode with Cup of Joe with Dre, um, with me. So we we did an episode with you. But she had posted this up this week, and I about fell out when I read it. So I'm gonna read it to you. I would like I would like Uncle Joe's input. The fact that men think that they can spend all of their good years whoring about and come back to you in the sunset of their life with their erectile dysfunction, Michael Jordan jeans and receding hairlines is really just crazy to me. <laughs> can I respond back? Absolutely. Yes, that's what we want. Absolutely. <laughs> The fact that you used up, washed up, old school, broke down, Buick Oldsmobile vagina took him back and let that nigga run you down <laughs> is atrocious. Yo, let me man. tell you about I'm going to say something. The secret to you women, everything a man does to you, you allow him to do to you. 
Mm. 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 That vagina look. Cleopatra was in a whole nother country ruling a, a nigga penis. <laughs> <laughs> There's power in it. It's just you think that these men got control and power. All these dudes that's ever been power had a mama that influenced them. Okay. It came from that cat. Look. And it's, it still had them on leash. Look. Oh. Okay. Look, I'm 43. My mama came back, got rid of her soul, and told me to do something. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Matter of fact, me and Dre produced the episode, and I just said, man, if my mama would hear this, she would probably be rolling over. <laughs> she, can't she ain't with us. But I'm saying, you know, we got so much influence. Yeah. Yeah. Think about all the positions women play mothers, sisters. Most of your teachers, right? They ain't, they ain't like a million male teachers running around. All of our influence impacted at the early age is mostly women. Right. Women women run my life, Joe. Mine, <laughs> mine too. And they make good bosses. Like all of my female bosses, they're good bosses. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a different type of woman. I want you to define this because in the conversation prior to starting this recording, you said you said a phrase that took Angie out. You said a royal Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> Define a royal Jezebel, not a regular one. A royal. Oh, yeah. Can we just take a moment? Don't it sound wonderful? A royal Jezebel. A royal, it if I wonderful. had to be a Jezebel, I'd love to be a royal one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: what make a woman a slut hoe or a Jezebel, right? A royal one sounds like she about to ruin your life. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But what makes all of that? All of I feel like she's a high from... class one. I, yeah. You know, I just feel like women get to be free like men. There, nobody's calling men Jezebels for doing the same things that a woman Jezebel is doing. Right. Amen. Free Amen. that pussy, ladies. Don't be worried about the titles that the world's gonna put on you, man. Free that thing. You know the word can't. The word can't. Yeah. Yeah, the word hoe came from some hater. It could have been male or female. They just saw her getting all the glizzies. Mm -hmm. All the glizzies. She was happy. As an avid gardener, I'd like to say that I use my hoe more than any other tool in the garden. <laughs> it's a blessing. I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is what happened. They was probably like in the 14th, 15th century, and they saw some girl. She was frolicking, smiling, and they was like, look at that winch out there getting all the glizzies. <laughs> I want a glizzy too. <laughs> yeah. And instead of going out and getting glizzies, they were just like out there like, look at her. She's so happy out there getting, she shouldn't be happy with getting sausage all day. <laughs> As you say that, I picture the meme of the girl smiling as all the wieners are being thrown at her face. <laughs> <laughs> This episode got stuff for everybody. The church folks, <laughs> the, the glizzy eaters, everybody. Everybody going You know, speak, speaking of that, Joe, uh, you know, I was talking with Sister Melissa as we were preparing for your episode. And, you know, I was telling her how much I'm a fan. And she's like, man, and he, he calls me and we pray together. And, you know, just how we're, we're just, you know, in glee over the man that you are. And uh, my question is, you know, what do you attribute to that diversity? The fact that you can go pray and then talk about putting dick on forehead. Man, doing, 
doing the work. What's the work, man? Getting to know me. Like, I'm a, de- honestly, I'm a depressive type person. I've always dealt with depression. Uh, and uh, so in, in that, I've always been alone a lot of times. And then in your head, sometimes you can stay in your head, but as I got out of my head, I just learned who I am. Like, yeah. I, I, if you stay long enough in an area, you'll find that you may not fit in. And sometimes you gotta be uncomfortable being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I've dealt with church people that be like, how can he not like this? How can, how can he say that he loved God, but then talk about, you know, sex or whatever? Cause I'm me. I'm not worried about what you think. I got a personal relationship with God and God has set me for who I am. I have set me for who I am. You don't have to set me for who I am. I still love you. I'm comfortable enough in my skin that a person that doesn't like me, I can still like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that, that, that takes a lot of uh, patience and that's only God. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's not only God, but then it's just us being realistic. That everybody don't gotta like you. You're gonna do some stuff that people don't like, that people don't agree with, that people like. Who can understand me, right? Mm -hmm. I have my own experiences that I understand, and what brought me here. And you don't have to understand that, especially you're not getting paid for it. Yeah, right. No, I I really appreciate Joe's friendship because the one thing I know about Joe is like whatever circumstance I'm dealing with, when I call and speak to him, he's going to give it to me real. He's going mm-hmm. to give me honesty. He's going to give me perspective. He's going to tell me if I was wrong. Um, and, you know, I don't think I've even spoke about it on, on the podcast and how, I, and this is probably an interesting episode to speak on it, but, you know, God has called me to do some ministry work. And so it's, it's a lot of really understanding what that is, what that looks like, where you're comfortable and so when I call upon Joe, he truly is willing to give me great insight. But the thing that, that he says a lot of times is, before you go to anybody, you need to go to God first. And, and if it ain't coming from God, you know, you, you don't need to even think about it until you, you receive it that way first. Or if people are coming to you with a message, did they go to God with it first? Don't, don't come my way with that. Take your problems to God first, and then what did He tell you then? Mm-hmm. So, um, I do, I do love that about you, Joe. And um, you know, I learned we live in a society that deals with feelings and rationality, right? And they battle. Yeah. Now you could cover up and change, and like you know, Democratic Republic and all of that bull, but it's feelings and rationality, and you got to have a balance, right? right. You got to understand, like, okay, am I having a moment of feelings, or I'm having a moment? of I'm just trying to be too rational because you can be too rational right and you can be too much in your feelings but you gotta have both right you know what I find is people who have had that feeling that aloneness and feel like man I was alone for a long time they're always the most wise one because they know their self better than anyone else because that's who they spent so much time with a lot of people don't spend time with their self a lot of people mm-hmm. so busy being in this world, they don't even know who they are. They're just busy replicating what they see. They're copycat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in being alone, those are the people who are talking to God and having real conversations with God. Um, so yeah, I, it, everything makes sense now. Thank you, Joe. You well, cleared everything up. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, right? And me and Melissa were kind of talking about earlier, but we were talking about marriage, right? 
But marriage is not just the sense of this person say I do to this person. That's everything you do There's a marriage. You have mm-hmm. a marriage in your thought. You have a marriage in your job. You got a marriage in everything you do. Like, right? And mm-hmm. so in that, you can't always just worry about in your marriage about the other person doing their job when you got to be so busy about just making sure you're doing your job. Because as long as you do your job right, all of the other stuff should balance out. Now, it may balance itself out of your life. But like, for instance, you own a business, Destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Your business relies on you being your best. It doesn't rely so much on the people under you doing your best. It relies on you doing your best because you doing your best. The marriage that you tied to you and your business, if you don't do your best, that marriage will fall, meaning your business will crumble. It will no longer be, you know? And that's the same thing with anything we do. Like I'm married to my thoughts, you know what I mean? And it's for me to be my best in my thoughts, not anybody else, but for me to be best in my thoughts so they can carry out. Same thing with my podcast, right? I can't worry about Dre having a bad day. I love Dre and I want Dre to have the best day of his life. But when me and him are doing his business, it's not about me worrying about Dre having a great day. It's about me making sure that I'm solid to help Dre make it through. Because I'm tied to that marriage. And that Mm -hmm. that brings me back to, you know, feelings and and, and rationalization. Like my feelings will tell me some days that I don't feel well, right? And I could go off into that feeling and, and hide and be sad or whatever. But my rationalization could be like, you know, you're feeling that way because you ate that burrito at 2 a.m. Yeah. Or, 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 or you're feeling that way because the sun ain't shining the way you want it to be. But the rationalization is that stuff is temporary. Yeah. So you're allowed to have both. Yeah. He said that to me just the other day. He said, well, it sounds like when you talk, you don't allow yourself to, you think it's wrong for you to have feelings and emotions about certain things. And, and I, I have been a victim of that. Um, but I mean, I'm working on it. And so I, I, I appreciate you, Joe. And I appreciate the wisdom that you bring. Um, I know we spoke a little bit on, on God. And so I was just curious, what is your favorite scripture? Uh, I mean, there's a lot, but I always go back to James 1 and 3. And that was the, the scripture that holds me today. And it held me when my mother died. And uh, James 1 and 3, and it depends on what version you read, but it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials that the testing of your faith produces an endurance. And I'm going to break that down really quickly. So James is a gentleman. He ain't telling you right now, because I like to mix street talk with, with the Bible because it's realistic to us. Right. But when James says consider he's a gentleman, right, in that moment, he's not telling you like what you should do. Everybody always telling you what to do. Save your money. Do this. Do that. But he's just saying, think about it. So automatically, he's trying to get your attention. He said, look, man, just think about it. So consider it all joy. Now, he ain't saying being happy, right? Because happy comes from the root word of happening. So for you to be happy, right, stuff's got to happen. So what if something doesn't happen to make you happy? But joy is in all of us, right? Like I think about my mother being dead. That makes me sad, but then I can think about everything she did for me, and that gives me joy. Mm-hmm. So, but he says, consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. So basically, he's a, he's honest too, right? Most people would be like, if you hold on to God, or if you just, 
you know, it's okay. But there's some things that you, you know, you're going to go through some stuff. Like what's the scripture? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's a great scripture, right? But nobody ever talks about the weapon is formed. Right. If a gun is in your face, you can know that there's no bullets in it, but you still be scared because a gun is in your face, right? Mm -hmm. But it also lets you know that you're going to go through stuff. It don't matter how much the sun is going to come out. There's going to be a day where it's going to rain, right? right. But it says, consider all joy of my brother when you encounter various trials and the testing your faith produces an endurance. And I'll try to wrap this up, but right there it says the testing of your faith, not God testing you. One of the biggest lies ever been told to anybody is God is testing you. That makes no sense. How does something that knows every hair on your body is going to test you? Matter of fact, if you go further in James and go 1 and 19, it says, let no man say he be tested by God, right? So that strikes that whole thing out. But we don't go through tests with God in our life. We go through experience that show us who we are. Ooh. Like the man that you may meet, right? That ain't God testing you by bringing that man or woman in your life. That's just showing you, you can maybe have a life with that person and you can either have it as a relationship or a friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, you know, when you hit a financial crisis, that's not God testing you. Like, if you just trust me because you're going bankrupt. No, that's just showing that that you might need to make different changes of how you spend your money. Mm -hmm. You know, but then the last part of this produces an endurance. And that's something that speaks to me. When my mama died, right, that was hard. You know, I've lost children. That was hard, right? But Mm -hmm. if I always realize that if I just hold on, that I can get through it. And what that means by producing an endurance means is that, man, if you went through that, you could get through this. We've all dealt with heartbreak, right? Angie, Angie, you married. Destiny, you married, right? How many people broke your heart before you found your mate? Hey, now, stay out of my business. But that's what I'm (laughs) saying, though. It produced endurance. But if you just made it through those relationships, you got to where you at now. You know, yeah. it's funny you say that the the last relationship I was in, that person's heart was different. You know, uh, it wasn't good. And, you know, I remember having an emotional moment after we had broken up and kind of thinking about how that relationship had went and just promising myself I wouldn't let that person's ugly heart make my heart ugly. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's it. Like, you're going to go through shit, but let it change you for the better, not the worse. Let me, and, that, look, and that's where the endurance comes in. You better yeah. preach. Let me tell you, I I had dealt with a relationship about six years ago that I found out a child wasn't mine. And through that whole time, the best thing that happened to me was I had a chance finally in my life to be what man I wanted to be. Yeah. Not let anybody control me, manipulate me, because people could control you and you don't even mm-hmm. realize it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, have you ever just had somebody make you mad and then you were like, I'm going to go over there and beat them in their face? <laughs> you know, you just be like, I'm not going to say whoop that trick. Yeah. But you know, the thing about that is that person just controlled you into having a negative thought about doing something that may change your life for the, for the rest yeah. of it. Yep. But you know, in that situation, I got to see what kind of man I got to be. I got to be able to control my feelings and emotions. That's one of my favorite things right now. When people tell me disappointing things, I get to control how I feel about it. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be a negative reaction. Sometimes when people tell me things that 
they don't like about me sometimes, I've learned now that I could even have more love towards them. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, to wrap that all up, man, that, that scripture just tells you, man, like, like life, is, life is hard. It's hard for all of us. And mm -hmm. sometimes you got to think about good times to, to help with those bad times. But if you keep on going, you keep on moving, you keep on going forward, you're going to get to where you want to be. Like all of us got a GPS, right? And every time that you drive and you decide that you want to make, it always say rerouting. Mm -hmm. But it always tries to get you back to where you need to be, no, no matter how hard you try to go off course. Yeah, that's our life, man. Sometimes you might have a lot of rerouting, but if you just keep keep driving, you are gonna get back on course. Yeah. Uh, Joe. <laughs> so now, now y'all know why we call him Uncle Joe. He ain't your creepy uncle trying to rub on your thigh, man. He he's that good uncle who's gonna give you life advice. Yeah. That's gonna help make you better, man. Yeah. And then rub on your thigh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, we got a whole sermon. I love it. So for sure, uh, mommy. Go ahead, friend. You got it. Nah, you Look, got it. All the people that closed off on the glizzies, they're going to miss everything. <laughs> like, sometimes oh, sometimes you got to make it through the glizzies to get to God. God <laughs> will use you. God will use you. Uh -huh. uh, what is the best sneaker that was ever made, Joe? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I would say the Jordan 1. The Jordan 1. Oh, it's man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot because you could go to the Air Force One. That's my favorite. Go, yeah, you could go to a Retro Eleven. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. But the, the the Jordan One, you could dress it up. You could dress it down. You could get married in that joint. You could run. For, you could run doing some crime in that joint. I <laughs> mean, it's a it's a delicious sneaker. Them up. You might crease them up if you're running doing some crime. <laughs> hey man, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Yeah, and if they write, you can walk up on a, a young, sweet, young, tender, young thing, and <laughs> wow, like, well, you look like you got that royal Jesus spirit <laughs> looking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can check out all the royal Jezebel spirits and get out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing. The thing about those is, uh, some some pairs you don't want to crease, but some pairs kind of look better with the little worn, worn in look. Some pairs, it's okay. It's okay to be beat up a little bit. Yeah, some of them, you got to walk light, though. You be like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it depends. On, it depends on the, the colorway. Yeah. Hurry, take the picture. I can put my slides back on. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, those are the type of sneakers when somebody uh is is getting down on what needs to propose. He gonna pop that mug off before he get down there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Man, Joe, we just love having you on. Hold on. No, we're into this. I got some questions, too. Oh, <laughs> you got two minutes. Go. Look, let me tell you something. I got questions for each one of y'all, but I'm going to start you, Destiny. Hold on. Let's, let's, two things. Let's talk about these chicken lips and this water polo. Yeah. Ch chickens don't actually have lips. They have beaks. But in Iowa, um, there's a dish called chicken lips, uh, which is just basically a fried chicken titty. And then they and then they whip it in buffalo, like this buffalo type sauce. It's very good. I'm all, like like the vinegar buffalo sauce? Nah, it's delicious. Okay. We you gonna try it, Angela. You're gonna try it. I'm about dramatics right now. You are gonna try it. Stop your shit. 
And then uh, water polo, I mean, I went in Rome. I was in California. And I, I've always enjoyed swimming, though. Um, oh. my, my family, they throw you in the water by one. Whatever your first summer is, you're getting in the water. Mm. Uh, you know, to make a baby swim, you blow, blow air on their face and then dunk them under. And that like teaches them how to hold their breath and stuff. Like we, we train as babies how to swim. So wow. I always knew how to swim. I always enjoyed water. Uh, that was an option to play a sport and I, I got into it, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fantastic. Angie. Oh, Lord. next, Angie. Angie. Well, what is your most favorite Ratchet song that you just love that when it comes on, you just ready to bust it out? Mm. Oh, well, there's a number of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Right now, it makes me think uh, probably Nelly's uh, "Flap Your Wings." Oh yeah, that gets her every time. Every time. Flap your wings. Every drop time. down and get your eagle on. Drop oh, down and get my eagle on. Yep. No, she's not just dropping down, sir. She's going up first, and then she's dropping it down because she's climbing on somebody's furniture. Let me tell you something. And ain't that American of you? Because that bald eagle is America's <laughs> symbol. <laughs> So when you're dropping down, you're doing it for America, and I appreciate that. Patriotic as fuck. Yeah, that's it. America. Get you uh, one of them American flag two pieces, and just drop down and get your eagle on, girl. We are going to the pool today. Can we we do it? Can we do it by today? (laughs) I just set something up. I just set something up. For us to have a patriotic moment and we didn't have to wait for july 4th now yeah. that's what i'm talking about yeah amen um, brother yeah yeah shoot your shot at melissa man i love I, i'm very excited for this i'm very nervous <laughs> <laughs> melissa see yeah. melissa you got to get deep with so i'm gonna get deep with her because she yeah. like being deep what is the one quality about you that you figure is going to change this world for the better Ooh. shit i'm good at this yeah, you know, I'm, sick um, of me. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take some um, some knowledge dropped on me by this wise man named Uncle Joe, and he told me he said, Melissa, you know, this world needs more people like you, because there's not too many people out there with a pure heart, and um, I tend to be one that thinks that everybody in this world is good, and I think it's because I have that pure heart. And so if I could just impart a little bit of that in people, you know, I think life sometimes makes us hard. Uh, We weren't born hard. We weren't born hard. Love is something that comes easy, but because of our experiences, it really impacts who we become. And so if I can make a change in this world, I would just want people to just embrace their pure heart because they have it too. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wasn't born hard. You weren't born hard. You weren't born hard. You know, and you you kind of spoke on some things, Joe. Um, I don't know what you thought. I was born hard. I came out this mug with, like, <laughs> with, with the you twisted were. bandana in the front. Nah. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, you spoke on on some life things that are that are difficult to speak on. You know, men speaking on molestation, it's not really spoke on as much as women do. Um, men aren't typically, or boys aren't, aren't seen as a victim. Mm -hmm. I get told all the time, you know, protect my daughter. 
but I don't feel like I, it's only for me to protect my daughter. I feel like it's for me to protect my children. And, and you know, just hearing you speak today and, and the wisdom that you have and that you share with others and you didn't allow life to make you hard. Maybe you went through a season of feeling like you were hardened, but you're a good man, Joe. I feel like your inbox is going to be on hot. To wrap it all up, man, the, the thing about young women and men, right, is uh, men um, or boys, we, we got to teach them, you know, that they got to talk. They yeah. got to talk as, as boys. Because, yeah. you know, that's why some of these relationships, some of these women are raising grown men, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've never had a chance to experience boys. You know, they've been from an early age taught as a king and really not you're a prince, right? You don't, they, but they put king responsibilities. But, you know, they, we need to teach these young men how to talk, you yeah. know, and because most of their issues is dealing with the difficulties. And as young women, we got to teach them that they're good enough. Mm -hmm. So many women are out here striving and achieving, and that's great, right? But why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Are you doing it because you want to be successful or self-worth? Mm -hmm. And so you'll see women that are all their life, I got this degree to this degree to this degree to this degree, and that's great. I want you to keep doing that, but understand while you're doing all of that, you was worth it before any of that. Mm -hmm. and, and then that way, you know what I mean? It, 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 when you teach these young ladies about their worth, then a man doesn't have to tell them about their worth. A man doesn't have to show them about their worth. They don't have to go to Italy to find out their worth. They don't have to get six degrees and become a doctor. They were, they was worth it before. Yeah. That, and all of that stuff is just extra. That goes like what, when Destiny was speaking on how important it is to spend time with yourself and really get to know yourself better than anyone. She, you know, she said something on her episode, like, before you try and learn somebody else, you need to learn yourself. Yeah, and that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing, right? Mm -hmm. is, is sitting down, like some people are so much on the move that they've never sat down and had a conversation with themselves. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, man, like girls, be, you know, women love to travel. So women will start dating me. They like, I love to travel. I like, I don't even know if I like you in the next town or the next room over here. Let's slow <laughs> it down. I'm not ready to talk about going to Italy with you. I need to make sure that if you're in front of my face, I can stand you for more than five minutes. Yo, can we go to Whataburger? <laughs> Do no. I want to take you to Whataburger? And then I'm judging you. You put mayonnaise on your burger. I may be like, oh, oh. this is deal burger. You ain't kissing me with the glizzy stuff all on your face. The glizzy. I think it's real Texas to like mustard instead of mayonnaise on a burger. I don't like mayonnaise in any other context, but on a burger, I like the mayonnaise-mustard combo. Yeah, you nasty. That's But that's Iowa. That ain't your fault. <laughs> I don't blame that on you. I feel like you got you. You came from a solid background. I just the environment was not good for you. It's, so it was right. different, right? You're right, Joy. <laughs> yeah, I because I got so many questions about these black people. Iowa, y'all not asking these good questions. Y'all <laughs> black people in Utah, black people in Iowa. Ain't nobody asking about these things. How did these black people get here? What happened? Was it the underground railroad? I mean, it was. It was, it was the. It was the migration from the south. So as people were coming up, so I'll tell you, my grandmother. She was coming up from the South. We from Wynn, Arkansas is where my granny and them are from. Uh, she wanted to make a different life for herself. So she wanted to go to school to become a nurse. She stopped in Iowa on her way to Chicago. My grandmother still is in Chicago to this day. 
uh, because it's a much more affordable than Chicago. So she stayed in Iowa while she was getting her degree to go to Chicago. Look, you're welcome, Joe. I, no, you're actually not teaching me that much. You're welcome because <laughs> when my brother graduated. My brother's eight years older than me. He went and had a football scholarship to go to Iowa West. Yeah, I got a couple cousins with out there. And I was like, first of all, who's these black people in Iowa? I've never <laughs> heard of them. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm so much younger than my brother, but I was like, Iowa? Black people? I don't even know about that. But yeah, yeah we, we out there, man. See? And don't, some people don't, stay. Don't, don't do me. See? <laughs> don't do me, Destiny. I'm in I'm in all the streets. I'm just trying to give you a small history. I'm trying to give you a small history lesson. I'm in the black streets, the Hispanic streets, Caucasian streets. I'm gonna give you another fun fact. English was even my first language. Spanish was my first language. Hi, puppy. Mm-hmm. And the chulo. Right. Burrito. No. Man, tell this girl, put the respect on me. It's get, it's getting a little racist. We gotta chill out. <laughs> Well, um, shout out to all her, our Hispanic viewers. We love y'all. <laughs> uh, well, when we were talking about this this episode, Destiny brought up the Ten Commandments episode, um, and so we we are just fans of you and Dre's podcast, and so we would love for you to tell the people how they can connect with you, how they can listen in, where they can find you, your socials. Can you give them a little bit of info? Well, look, if you're fun. Let me direct, no, I'm just kidding, no. So, uh, yeah, if you find me, you can find me at Top Flight uh, Joe on Instagram. Uh, you can find our group, Cup of Joe with Dre. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, uh, yeah. When do you drop your episodes? So, uh, we drop our episodes Tuesday, 7 a.m. You can see us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that's Cup of Joe, C-U-P-O-F-J-O-E-W-I-T-H-D-R-E. You got to do that for some people, they slow down. I'm looking down for the slow. <laughs> but Cup of Joe with Dre, we're on Instagram. And like I said, we drop uh, Tuesdays, 7 a.m. sharp. And then Wednesdays, uh, we have our live show, and it'll either be at 8 p.m. Central Time or 9 p.m. Central Time. What up, Dre? On the IG, y'all. You can catch them live on the IG. That's it. That's right. Put them kids to bed. FTK them kids. Put them to bed. <laughs> be, with your, be with your boys. We're going to take care of you. Yeah. It's a good live. I love it. Mm-hmm. You got anything to close, Angie? Uh, no, it's just been a pleasure to have you um, on the show. Uh, we thank you for blessing us today. Come on, clap it up for us. Clap it up for us. Yeah, yeah. Big, big up for Uncle Joe. This is, this is one hell of a family barbecue. I feel like we was at the barbecue 100%. with some old man on the grill with plaid pants and some uh, Jesus Jerusalem sandals. He's hooking up the, the chicken. <laughs> that's, not, that's not old man, Joe. That's me. That's oh, me. Oh. <laughs> it might be a woman named Destiny wearing Christ. <laughs> but I, I look like that. I dress like an old man sometimes. Hold on, <laughs> Destiny. We can't have you in them crops on the grill. I be I be wearing them Birkin. I like the Birkin stocks. They real comfortable. There you go. You gotta you gotta get them. To, if they not brown and looking holy grailish, they gotta look holy grailish. Then you can trust. <laughs> but if if you if you on my grill with Crocs on, I say, oh no, oh no, I don't want that food. 
I know that's not made with love. But if you have some of them brown where your foot toe can see, yeah, yeah, even if it's see. a peak, but if your foot toe can see, you say, all right, you can these see my whole toenail. You can see my whole toenail on them. In yeah, the oh yeah, we we <laughs> said she gonna put some respect on the grill. Yeah. I know you got some of them plaid shorts. I didn't heard the episode uh, y'all buying the plaid shorts out. Yeah, you don't think I'm not a listener. <laughs> I know about the plaid shorts coming out now. Yeah. She needs a you short look like you have had a short set. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love good short set. If you come up with the plaid button-up shirt and the plaid shorts on and the barbecue my grill Jerusalems, I said, "Oh man, Joe, I, I had all that, but my wife threw out all my plaid shirts. She said I wasn't allowed to wear them anymore." Oh, she banished me. She said, she said, the times are changing and you got to change too, kid. Let me tell you something. You do not let her wear the chef's master black household dirty south outfit preparing grilling uniform out like that. This ain't about just her. This is about the community and the cookout. <laughs> I told her it was disrespectful, but you know, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> the, the flash shorts have me dying laughing. I said, I said, did I ever get some? And then I looked, I said, you know what? I even got pictures of me in plaid shorts. I said, I <laughs> Wow. Oh, you got you a short set, huh, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, man, we appreciate it. I don't even want to leave, man. This is such a good episode. It's, it's always a blast when we get together, man. Um, so we, again, just thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting Thank you for sharing what you share with your community, man, because a uh, cup of Joe with Dre, we're getting all the gospel from you on there. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tap in over there as well. Mm -hmm. It's been another fantastic episode of Tap In with the Tripod, man, and we out. Yep. Come down, Selector. Uh, that's right. Come on.